Friday, you got the three of us. Friday, June 24th, just baseball show. Dansby Swanson hit his 10th homer of the year on fastballs. He's slugging 640 against fastballs so far this year. Oh my God, what's going on here? We're going to talk about baseball. We're going to talk about a lot of baseball and uh, about baseball baseball. in a bunch of different ways. Um, Cold World my- Series, MLB, <laughs> minor leagues. We're going to talk about trading cards with Lou. We got everything. It's a Friday. We're casual. We're just hanging. That's why I said we were going to talk about baseball. First and foremost, hey guys. Hey, man. Can we talk about Dancy Swanson for a second? He's one of the hottest hitters on the planet and he's been making some great defensive plays. We got to change the barometer. This might be the episode where we change the barometer. Is it officially an average shortstop? No, no. So who's the average shortstop? I want to go with JP Crawford. I want to make him the barometer because (laughs) it was always, it was always my thought that if JP Crawford could hit and he could defend a little bit, which he should be able to, but he's been a terrible defender this year. It's kind of reversed. I expect those numbers to regress. I expect the hitting to go down a little bit like it has, as I expect the defense to tick up and for him to be the barometer. I think that's fair. I would love to hear any others of, of typical barometers. We could even do a weird segment right now where we go through each division and pick the barometer. Who's the barometer for average? Honestly, like JP Crawford is, is not a bad barometer for, for average. Is Miguel Rojas below average or is, so, he, is he a barometer? Because he's a great defender. The bat hasn't been great this year, but he doesn't K a lot. Like he's, he's going to give you war. Is he a barometer for average? So Who's more average? Slightly below. I would slightly say below. slightly below. Because you, you take JP over Miguel Rojas. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But oh, I'm you're saying JP at, might be above. Oh. Yes, I'm saying JP might be marginally above. Mm. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at F4 right now among shortstops at the moment. The 15th shortstop on this is Brandon Crawford. Um, <laughs> but Ahmed Rosario has exactly one F4 accumulated so far this year. So it depends what kind of metric you want to go off of. Like we're looking at you know, there should be 30 qualified shortstops in a perfect world. There are only 21 right now. So you got to look at 10 to 11, but Hassan Kim and Bo Bichette, I don't think those are good <laughs> barometers here. Um, I, I do think that uh, Ahmed Rosario might be my guy. That's a good one. That's a good one too. He's been playing well though. He has been hot as of late, but like I, I'm not he's holding my bat again and he's going to be average. Exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about Ahmed Rosario changing the barometer. I, I think we're safe with that one. But but with Dansby real quick, I was thinking about this. I was talking about this with with Clay Snowden last night, and we were kind of texting back and forth about just shortstop situations in general. And I was thinking about Dansby. He's making himself so much more money. Right. He's going to make if assuming that he continues on this trajectory for the sake of conversation here, let's assume that, you know, he continues on on roughly this trajectory for the rest of the year in his contract season. We saw that the Braves have shown a willingness to let their guys walk uh, when the money doesn't quite add up for them. That being said, they had the plan B, so to speak, with Matt Olson just right there and they could pull the trigger. 
I don't know if the if the Braves are going to be able to say, hey, we can fill in another shortstop. Like, are we worried that Dansby Swanson might be leaving Atlanta? And it's more so is just Atlanta going to pay Dansby Swanson, I think, is the better way to to phrase it. You don't think Braden Shoemake is the guy? No, I don't think so. <laughs> the thing is, who could be the guy? Orlando Arcea has been playing phenomenally, and no. he's a crazy good arm. No. I wonder if they'll stick with him at short if no. they if they want to get no, rid of this. No, Why no, saying, no, no, Why? no, no. Why? Orlando Arcea as the shortstop yeah. of the Braves. They're trying to win the World Series, dude. He plays all over the infield now. He's he's been better than Ozzy Albies has Orlando been. Orlando Arcio is a 2016 name. Like Arcia is over the hill. It's Dansby Swanson. Pay Dansby Swanson. I understand, but what we're saying, if the Braves don't sign Dansby, could Orlando Arcia be that guy? No. Because he is everyday shortstop. Well. You can't no. do everyday. You, no. Arcia can't be your everyday shortstop. I, he's he's he was in AAA for the the vast majority of last year. He's filled in nicely, but. I don't think he can be your everyday shortstop, but that's the problem is, is if Dansby walks, who is your option that's going to be cheaper that would be able to replace some sort of that production? I think they've got to just pay Dansby. I, we were talking about this, Peter, when we did the top 10 shortstops, it's a top heavy position. Like it, it's it one of the most loaded positions in baseball, but that's because there's so much appeal in the top 10. There's not much when you get from 11 on. So I, I think if you've got, an eight to 12 guy in Dansby Swanson. And right now he's third among shortstops in F4. Um, but I, I realistically think that he's an eight to 12 guy in that range. If you've got that, hold on to it. Right. And Dansby also seems really important for this team too. I mean, he's kind of turning into the leader of this team. I know Acuna yeah, he seems like he's still the best player, but he's still really young too. And it seems like Dansby is kind of that guy. Austin Riley, of course, Matt Olson is new, certainly not Marcelo Zuna. So <laughs> I think it's, I think it's Dansby Swanson is kind of the leader of the team. So is he becoming, I mean, he'll, I don't know if he'll ever be Freddie Freeman. He'll never make the impact that Freddie Freeman made, but can he be like that type of guy for Atlanta? I, I honestly think so, because especially with the de departure, I think it's a good question, because like with the departure of Freddie Freeman, uh, he really is that that guy that was there before the years of the World Series. I mean, I know Acuna as well to a degree, but he was even hurt down the stretch there. Uh, he was the guy that was there for several years as the Braves were kind of building up and then played a big part in winning that World Series with them. And then Freeman departs. And I agree. I think he kind of is that glue guy for them. The fans love him, as we know. I mean, the Atlanta Braves fans, I'm sure, would love to see Dansby uh, come back. But what's funny is I've seen a little bit of a mixed bag when he struggles, but that's kind of just any fan base as we see. I mean, we even see Brewers fans just hating on Christian Yelich at this point, which is hilarious to me uh, because I can promise you he wants to hit and he gave you two MVP seasons basically. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think Dansby has got to be the guy you bring back, but it's going to cost them a little bit. That being said, maybe that was why they didn't pay Freddie Freeman. Uh, maybe that was why they, they decided, Hey, you know, maybe we don't, put all this money into our first base position when we can get Matt Olson for cheaper and take those savings and keep Dansby Swanson. Cause don't forget Ronald Acuna is cheap for a very long time. Ozzy Albies is cheap for a very long time and they don't have to pay their pitchers for another couple of years, at least most of them. And Charlie Morton will be coming off the books. So it, it seems to be a no brainer to keep him. Uh, but I think the shortstop situation in general is going to be really fun to watch uh, going into this off season across the board, because I just can't really imagine Dansby Swanson anywhere else. It's hard to imagine Freddie anywhere else. And now he's wrong. Yeah, that's true. I, we said the other. same thing. No, but seriously, but uh, to your point, I agree with you. I, they could be because they're looking to pay some other guys. I mean, they already have Acuna locked up. They have Albies locked up. You know, they have, they have these guys. So they could, 
actually afford to pay but you know alex anthopoulos if it if it doesn't if it doesn't match the the value he's just gonna be like well i can find somebody better and you know, he also has proven to be able to get Olson. yes so if dansby swanson were to leave i still trust anthopoulos to make the right decision i agree in order to make that team still very competitive because we know they will be Another thing that you got to look at is they free up $33 million next year if they want with a $20 million club option on Charlie Morton and $13 million on Will Smith. Mm. So like there's $33 million that you have to play with. Dansby's not a 33 AAV guy. Right now, their payroll, their total allocations for this year are 180. Next year, that drops to 127 at the moment. And that's, I, I still think that's accounting for Charlie Morton and Will Smith. I think you're below a hundred million next year. So, I mean, we're looking at like a team that will have some leeway here. And I think they can sign Dansby. Like before we move off of Dansby Swanson, we'll get to the college world series because I feel like Dansby Swanson, Vanderbilt shortstop, number one overall is a natural transition into college baseball talk. Yeah, he, um, college. So smart, like, go to transitions. Throw me a deal for Dansby Swanson. A trade? No, throw me oh. a contract oh. for Dansby Swanson. I was so, like, I always like mock trades. <laughs> here's my, here's my, yeah, Peter's like, I get to make trades. Yeah. Let's go. So um, the Yankees. Uh, <laughs> honestly, he would make them so scary. Um, somebody commented on our YouTube video uh, of the last episode where I said, like, jokingly, but like, kind of like tongue in cheek, but like somewhat seriously that the Yankees are the best team ever assembled. And I, obviously I was being uh, a little bit uh, hyperbolic, but someone was like, I thought this was satire, blah, blah, blah. I was like, dude, they're playing insane. They're really good. If they got Dansby Swanson, I think I would actually say that they are like the best team we've seen in a long time, but I look at the, and I don't know if this is a good uh, reference point, but Javier Baez, (laughs) his contract and what he got, if he got, what was it? 140, right? Yeah. If you got 140, I mean, Dansby's got to get 100, right? Easily. I think he might get 120, 140. I I mean, you see the way the Javier Baez trade, the deal worked out. So maybe that would keep some people off it, but that's just Javier Baez. I mean, that's just the Detroit Tigers' fault for giving him 140 million. But was that the Tigers? Like, is that actually the price? Or did they just just have 140 million to give? And they were just going to give it to the best shortstop regardless because they lost out on semi and they lost out on Crea and they just had this money. So I'm curious if they just kind of shook the market a little bit giving bias because Dansby's probably like if that dude, the one of the worst hitters, but he is heating up lately, but like that has to be the number that he has to ask for. It, it jacked up the price for Trevor's story and it might jack up the price for Dansby too. I'm not sure if it does, but just think about like what we were talking about with Dansby in the first couple weeks of the season. I mean, this was a guy that was looking at half the money for the same length. We were looking at six years, 70 for Dansby Swanson. And now it's not ludicrous to say six years for 120 or 130. Or if you're trying to jack up the market on other guys, a 140 Baez story type deal. So that's what Dansby has transformed himself into over the first, what, three months of the season which Mm -hmm. is a testament to him and a testament to him showing up the exactly right time in his, uh, in his baseball career. Yeah. You know, I, I, it it does make you think, and I know baseball is a marathon and you got to lock in a little bit extra as we're seeing with Aaron judge in the contract year. But even from the stolen base perspective, he's already set his career high in bags. Like, you know, that that was just something that he was like, okay, if I'm trying to get myself as much money as possible, I'm just going to swipe some more bags this year. I'm going to do all of the counting stats things. I'm going to lock in a little bit extra. And it's almost annoying 
to that degree. I, I so it, like, I get it, get your bag, but like, you can't do that all the time. I mean, I know I'm just the guy sitting here on a fucking chair <laughs> telling people to play harder, but like, to me, it's just so crazy. The contract year thing. And then the first year into the contract for a lot of guys is really frustrating, but at the same time, Dansby, Career high 27 pumps last year, uh, you know, did figure out some things. And I think now is married the contact with the uptick in power. Uh, so, you know, maybe it's just things working out for him and figuring some things out. But the contract year effect is always so fascinating to me. Uh, you can I make agree. yourself a lot more money if you did it every year. Uh, you make yourself in, a hell of a lot more. I think the tick up in defense is going to make a lot of teams feel like the deal is appropriate enough. And safe. Because if, if he has been, you know, if he's picking it like he has, at the worst, like you're going to get an average hitter. But the thing is why Dansby was on the barometer was he was playing average defense yeah. and he was playing a bit above average offense. But if he's playing elite defense and you give me an average bat, that's worth as much as Javier Baez is, especially with the leadership qualities that Dansby displays. And yeah. um, and I hate to do this because, Jack, I know we, we were going to break into the cultural series because it is a good transition. But can we talk about Jack Flaherty for a second? Sure. I'm worried about him. Ah. And I usually am not very worried about him because I, I, I really do like him. But, dude, I mean, the stuff just doesn't look very good. Like the velo is down, breaking pitches down and spin. He doesn't look fully right again. And the Cardinals need him to be yeah. good. So, and he's back-to-back tough starts against not the best offenses in the world, and he did not look good. His command wasn't there either. They need him to be good, and I'm just – I just kind of wanted to mention him as someone that we should be watching. Yeah, question – I want want Jack's thought on this because he's always the the, the pitcher guy that always has some interesting takes on that side of things. Like, how much do you let this guy try to get back at the big league level – and and throw and and struggle out there and maybe cost you wins as you're trying to you know secure first place yeah when you- he, he's hurting you right now and i think i don't see the tides turning anytime soon it's been two really bad outings where the fastball velo is not even close to what we've seen in the past yeah so are, are you saying what's the other option are you saying memphis is the other option yeah yeah in a, in a controlled environment where he's not screwing a team trying to win now but what that does to his head, what that could do to his head, I have no better idea. than getting shelled. Mm, I have no idea what the maturity levels are of him. I think they're high from just what I've read and heard about Jack Flaherty. Huh. Um, now, would he be able to handle that and, and go in stride? Depends on him. Um, I think he would actually be better off like skipping a turn or two in the rotation like going on, you know, he's saying something is nagging and like going on the, the IL and throw I, some kind of, yeah, throw some side sessions, dude, like try and figure shit out in the bullpen. Um, I, I don't need him seeing hitters right now. If you feel like you can make a correction without seeing hitters, because I don't know, like a lot of these guys, they don't handle options. Well, they don't handle demotions to the minor leagues. Well, and I get it, right? Like you're living it right now. You work so hard to get get out of there in that lifestyle, and then you get sent back to it, and and it's probably very frustrating. But to Peter's point, spin rates are down nearly a hundred RPMs. And I know we're not working with a huge sample size right now. It's only a couple short outings, but uh, you know, spin rate down about a hundred RPMs. Uh, average velo down nearly two miles per hour. Vertical breakdown multiple inches as well, which is a, a huge issue. 
that'll get pounded as a fastball. And, you know, it's just across the arsenal. It, it, it's down. And uh, this is a team that really needs pitching, really needs help. And, and I just don't know if, if this is the way to do it. Maybe he piggybacks a couple outings for a couple innings. And if it's a disaster, you, you go, you pull him. I, I don't know, but I don't know if this guy should be making starts out of the gate. Cause right now he looks like he doesn't trust his stuff. He shouldn't trust his stuff no, right now. Shouldn't. And it's he's nibbling good. and walking and it's seven walks so far in six innings. You know yeah. what he looked like? He looked like if you just covered the name Jack Flaherty, it was just some random guy they brought up for the minor leagues. Replacement like that's level. how bad, exactly. That's how bad it looked. AW I mean, he just did not look like he'd been close to any sort of an ace. So we used to call those guys AWRs in, in high school. What AWRs? Average white righty. Oh, yeah. Average white righty. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I, I really <laughs> like that. Um, no, I mean, like, just one more one more thought on this and i don't know if i'm babying him like tell me if if you think i'm babying him but i think this guy is past the point of going to triple a to try and figure it out i mean in 2019 he started 33 games yeah. he had a 275 era in 2021 he was nine and two with the 322 era granted you know he was out for a while but like i i don't think if he shows up to triple a all like that Memphis media is going to be on. I'm like, Jack Flaherty's here for a start. What's you know wrong what I mean? with you? Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Like, like the hey, circus what's going clown, on, buddy. Like, here's a stick. Let me poke you in the fucking face. Uh, like that's what Jack Flaherty would be down there. And he'd be the one like, you know, Hey, make sure you get Ruth's Chris cater to the clubhouse today. Um, that's Jack Flaherty at this point versus a Jake Woodford, who I just saw start and go six, who was really solid as a starter. I saw Jordan Hicks make a rehab assignment. Jordan Hicks is even on a different level. Hicks, yeah, he might be asked to get Panera, but he's not getting Roots Chris. Jack Flaherty is a Roots Chris guy. So can, can you explain that a little bit for those who might not understand what you're, what you're referencing? Yeah, so when big leaguers come down on rehab assignments, they are tasked with providing the spread for the team. So you Darvish, when like he goes, or, or when like any major league rehabber comes, they're tasked with catering. So you'll have a guy, you know, get something nicer than what you typically get. Typically you get like a Chipotle catering spread or like Qdoba or Jimmy John's or something like that. You know, when, when a guy like Joey Votto goes to Louisville on a rehab assignment, he's getting like a steakhouse catered or like somebody's rolling out like a fucking ice cream truck. It's the, the best day of the year the for these guys. It's the best day of the year for these guys. So that's what Flaherty is. With Hicks, it's like, oh, yeah, just get us something nice. Like, no biggie. With Flaherty, it's like, oh, Jack Flaherty's rehabbing. You better hook us up, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. He just doesn't look healthy. I don't know why he's back. Uh, he, doesn't, he, doesn't he doesn't look, look healthy. He, doesn't, he just look doesn't look ready. And shoulder stuff is weird. The velo takes yeah. a little while to come back. So as long as he feels good, hopefully, you know, just keep throwing through it, I guess. Uh, the last point I'll say on, on all of this is what do you think Max Scherzer brought to Binghamton? Just cones and said, get, get after it. Let's do some drills. I Did you see so. how hyped he was in his AAA start too? He was like pounding his feet on the ground in the dugout. That tweet fired me up. It was a tweet He's that psychotic. came out. I was like, yeah, just a psycho, like fully game seven of the world series for this AAA rehab assignment. He's just the best. He's he the, best. the best. He was in Binghamton, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that was Binghamton. That was double. I bet he just, I bet he called up Binghamton, Binghamton's finest Italian restaurant was like, give me everything. Like, I want a seafood gourmet for these guys. Ronnie or, Mauricio, eat up, dude. You need it. I could see Scherzer running these guys through drills and like, as I was and in the drills get like the best, but then he'll feed the other guys like really badly and like really try and fire them up at 38 <laughs> years old. I see Scherzer doing that. No, he's got that into a TurboTax money from those commercials. He's good.
No way. Is that a thing that's happening? Yeah. He, he's an into it TurboTax guy? Yeah, when he plays the piano and shit, he plays I've like- never, never seen, seen that. that. That must not be never. in our region. It's a that, horrible, that, horrible that must commercial. be a Midwest ad. I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> this is horrible, when he went to the Dodgers. Horrible. I think he got traded to the Dodgers and they immediately said, hey, we need you for Intuit TurboTax. Or it might've been like Rocket Mortgage or something like that. All I know is he was playing the piano in something and it was like, you need max focus. Like it, it was so bad. Uh, speaking of Mets and commercials, I've seen Pete Alonzo in these car commercials and they seem like local ads and he's just pretty funny. He's, he's usually wearing like either, he's wearing like the, the uniform of the car dealership with a bat and just like talking and he just looks like he hates being there. So yeah. the other mainstream ones are the, what it's, it's the Tim Anderson, Bryce Harper, uh, Dairy Queen commercials right another midwest ad arm i know you've never seen that ad i've never seen where are you getting these commercials you're kidding me tim anderson i'd be in on that random names and then putting a brand in front of him being like have you seen that commercial like have you seen the jacob de grom trying to look for a brand trojan (laughs) trojan Uh, Trojan. (laughs) i'm more magnum magnum if anything for de grom yeah. I don't know. He only goes five innings to start. I don't know. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> All right. Transition. Now, uh, last MLB thing that's on my agenda, and then we'll do loop and then we'll do college baseball. RM, you texted the Guardians are in first place. Yeah. Uh, I, I just wrote something on Jose Ramirez. And what he's doing right now is, is absolutely outrageous. Uh, and what he's on pace to potentially do is absolutely outrageous. And, and I really like, if we look at it now, if the Guardians are finished the season in first place and he's on this, like if the season ended today, let's say, he's got to be the MVP, right? I mean, no, Judge. <sighs> yeah. Also, yeah. you know what's crazy? I looked at the fan graphs this morning. You know who leads in war by 0. .3 out of everybody? Machado. Machado still. Yeah. I mean, what but, a stud, bro. He is so good at defense. It is disgusting. Yeah, no, he, he's insane. I hope, and thank goodness he's not hurt badly and he'll be back soon. But but on the J-Ram point, on the J-Ram point. Real quick on the Machado thing. Um, <laughs> watching that first replay, you thought that his ankle like twisted, right? It turns out he was just broke. wearing baggy ass pants. I thought he dislocated it. I thought he broke it. It looked like it some Paul done. George shit. And then it turns Terrible. out he's just got the baggiest pants ever. <laughs> we were talking about Braxton Garrett today on the drag. I mean, these guys need tight pants. Aerodynamics. Ever uh, heard of I- it? That that point aside, Aram on J. <laughs> I love casual Fridays. <laughs> okay, J. Ram is on pace. Uh, Wait, Aram, do... one more thing. I'm <laughs> to do some crazy stuff, man. Like so, on this point, since 1980, only one player in Major League Baseball has had 30 or more home runs, a strikeout rate below 10 percent, and. 20 or more stolen bases one. And that's what J Ram is on pace to do right now. That one player was Vlad Guerrero senior in 2002. And what Vladimir Guerrero senior did in 2002, I think is one of the most underrated seasons of all time. Mm. Uh, But on top of that, guys that have even just flat out hit 30 plus home runs while striking out at a 10% or less clip. There's only been three other guys that have done that since 2010, Albert Pujols in 2011, Ian Kinsler in 2011 and Victor Martinez in 2014. Right now, Jose Ramirez is on pace to hit 40 home runs while Kang less than 10% of the time. He'd be the first to do that uh, in over 30 years. He is a freak show while also he usually plays good defense, not playing great defense so far this year. I think he'll be fine in that regard. 
Yeah. I mean, this guy, if it weren't for Aaron Judge being the most insane player on the planet right now, Jose Ramirez, I think, would be waltzing to an MVP. He has sure, the most. He's got Trout, too. <laughs> no, has... no. I would, I, would, I would go nuts on, on Ramirez over Trout. I think I would, too. He has the most gorgeous batted ball data. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. I mean, the spray chart all over the field. He hits 32% ground balls, 28% fly balls, 25.5% line drives. He pulls the ball at a decent rate, but not too much because he's hitting no. plenty of balls up the middle. He's going oppo and you he barrels everything. He hits fastballs. He hits breaking balls. He hits off speed. It is gorgeous to look at this baseball savant page. Can I give you one more, one more stat? He has struck out on four fastballs this year. He has homered on 13 fastballs. He's got a 7% K rate. <laughs> so, so on the Guardians point, though, you have a generational player, you know, right now that is leading the way for you who is cheap. And now all of a sudden they're in first place. We know they have the rotation. I, they need offense, right? Yes. But at least like some of their guys are filling in very well. Like yes. this isn't that bad of an offense, but this offense cannot hit a left-handed pitcher. Like, what if I told you the Guardians this year in terms of team OPS are the second worst offense in the entire sport against lefties. Yeah. That's Marlins are the worst, by the way. <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes sense because J Ram's better from the left side, you know, but still like, I guess Josh Naylor doesn't hit lefties. Great. But and mill hasn't been anything, but has now that he came back from the IL, he hit a home run. He's starting to heat up. That's a, a big so X factor. That's going to tick up. But it's yeah. just so weird that that's happening right now because they have Owen Miller, Oscar Gonzalez, who's also playing a great right field for them as well. I mean, they just have a lot of right-handed bats, but for some reason, they cannot hit a lefty. And for example, like I'm on the Twins' first five today, and the Twins are up 1-0, and I thought there was a possibility maybe the Guardians break out of it against Devin Smeltzer, but Devin nope. Smeltzer's just shoving it down their throats after a seven-earned run outing. This Guardians team has a problem against lefties. Will it tick up? Yes, but they need a right-handed bat and a big one. So where do you go, Jack? Where, where do you get that right-handed Wilson bat? Contreras of the Chicago Cubs. I took it from Jack. Sorry. Yeah, did you notice whose name he fucking said, dude? I'm just so fired up because I think this would be perfect for the Guardians. Yeah. Um, my thought are the goes, Guardians in the business of rentals, though? Why not? Because they're cheap. <laughs> it's Cleveland. But, but why not? Like this season, they can compete. Yeah. Wilson on a rental is not going to cost you much. I mean, I feel like I keep just hammering this point home. In the last four podcast episodes, I feel like I've talked about Wilson Contreras of the Guardians because it makes the most sense in the world. What's the Guardians' biggest issue on offense? Hitting lefties. Wilson Contreras has a 1290 OPS against lefties this year. And who's probably the worst offensive player on the Guardians? Austin Hedges. By a lot. Catcher. By a lot. This is, this is a match made in heaven, and they don't have to give up much. So it's not so, like the Guardians have to give up Valera or Noel or any of these guys. He wouldn't cost that much. Now, let me tell you why they're not in the business of rentals. Um, and they could be for Wilson Contreras, but why overwhelmingly they shouldn't be looking at guys on expiring contracts. Austin Hedges is in the final year of his deal. He's making, uh, how much is Hedges making? Four million this year. He's an unrestricted free agent after this year. Luke Maley is in the final year. So Maley and Hedges, their two catchers, are off the books. Ahmed Rosario enters his final year of arbitration next year. 
aside from that, you have multiple years of control for literally everybody else. This team should not have had a window open this year. And now they've had a window open this year because Oscar Gonzalez has been really good for them. And Richie Palacios has done a nice job. And the pitching. And, and Eli Morgan's been great. And Sam Hentges has been great. And Tristan McKenzie looks awesome, right? Like and Andres Jimenez. Yeah, so all guys. these guys with tons of control have been performing better than we thought they would before we thought they could possibly get there. So what do you do here? Do you go and like, you know, give up an upper minors guy and a lower minors guy for Wilson Contreras when you have a really deep system and you know that more reinforcements are coming? Or do you look for somebody that'll be in the fold for next year and maybe even the year after and you wait for a guy like Valera to come up and a guy like Rokio to come up and all that. Peter, you were raising your hand. I'm raising my hand because I thought of a good catcher that I think they could go get with a year of control still left. And he's a righty and he hits lefties. John Murphy? John Murphy. No, Carson Kelly. Arizona Diamondbacks. Has he been Varsho hitting? Varsho could be the catcher full-time? Kind of. Yeah, Varsho could be the catcher full-time. Maybe could Kelly be expendable? I mean, I don't know what the Diamondbacks are going to do. I don't know we what they're doing talking, We were even talking yesterday about what like, I was asking, what's the direction of the Marlins, at least right now? Are they going to be sellers? Are they going to be buyers? Because they could shock the market with yeah. all of their assets that they have. What if they said we're selling and Pablo Lopez is available? That would just change the entire market. I mean, that'd yeah. be horrible. And I don't think that they're going to do it. But no, then again, I'm, I'm not questioning anything about the Marlins. No, they, I, they wouldn't could do it. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. And then if the Diamondbacks are the same way. I mean, yeah. they're not going to compete this year. They have guys like Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, maybe now with Varsho, when they have all of these great outfield prospects, maybe they say, Varsho, like, we love your bat, even though he's been playing great in the outfield too. But maybe he moves to catcher and Carson Kelly becomes expendable. And the Guardians say, we'll take him. He can hit a lefty. Give him to us. Well, I was going to say the outfield's getting a little full because uh, I, I would bet on Corbin Carroll being a guy right away. Typically, I don't make big league decisions. If I am if I were a GM, I wouldn't make big league decisions based on, you know, a, a prospect leaders. coming up. But Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas are two guys that I would because those guys just translate so easily. And I would Dalton Varsho has improved drastically behind the dish, even though he's been splitting time back there. One other question, though, is is. Center field maybe is a, a spot where you could upgrade because yeah. Miles Straw has been phenomenal defensively, but this team doesn't really need that as much. Stephen Kwan is fantastic in the corner. You could theoretically move Kwan to center and he could be good there and then go get a corner outfielder if that's easier. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder if getting a corner bat would help too. It would be lower cost. And here's the funnier thing about the Guardians is this is arguably a top three system. It's arguably my favorite system in baseball. They could go get whoever they want and not really feel it. But do they want to do that? No. I think they should because they have so many middle infielders. What the hell are you going to do with all of those guys? I would love to see them shock the market. It would be great for baseball, too, to see them shock the market, bring another star in there. And and I wonder like who who that star could be if they did decide to just go nuts and, and make a splash. Rokio, Tana, and an arm can get you an all-star starter. Yes. So what are you doing, Cleveland? You just... Status quo. Year. Come on. Come on. Cleveland Guardians fans you care about your team and they want them to do well. I want them to do well. Yeah, we want to see shit popping at the P at Progressive Field. We want the to P. see we want to see November baseball at the P. It's not Cal the Jake Quantrill anymore. deserves more. He deserves more. Cal yeah. Quantrill actually his his lowercase X stats say he deserves less. Yeah, but you don't believe in those. So you should love Quantrill. 
Uh, no, you know, well, I had a change of heart last do. week. Now I am do. fully an Excel spreadsheet guy. <laughs> okay. uh, oh, and now, now you're so fully. He just brings it out what he wants to. Because then if I bring Sorry. it up, he'll argue. But if he wants it, he got it. Sorry, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Yeah. Why? Because <laughs> she's dead. Um, yeah. All right. I got that. I got that reference. I yeah, didn't. there we go. Yeah, no, that's because Aram just. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no. Finish yeah. that. Finish that one, please. While I sip on this water and stare you in the eyes. Oh yeah, one. how was your Celsius before the water? Was it good? Um, the it's not the carbonated kind. I kind of prefer the carbonated kind. Um, but they're not paying us, so I'm not going to get too deep into it. I just the the non-carbonated, not that great. Um, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was saying that's because Aram thinks uh, Taylor Swift is too feminine, too feminine to listen to, right? Oh wow! So are you saying I'm I'm a toxic masculine person? Just a little bit, yeah. Okay, that's fair. I'll I'll go back to the drawing board. I'll see how I can improve. Um, hey, that. you mentioned that teams should not be making big league decisions on prospects. How about draft decisions? Because like a lot of mocks that I'm seeing right now have a shortstop, like have Brooks Lee going to the Pirates at four. Yeah, can we talk like, some MLB draft I was shit like, right that now? That doesn't make any sense. That's Arm, a good segue into college World Series, which we're just keep punting. Yeah, yeah we keep like... punting. We keep punting. But like, I, I'm serious. So you see the Pirates bring up O'Neill Cruz and Leover Piguero just made his MLB debut too. And Nick Gonzalez, yeah, he just went on the 50 day. But those are three really solid middle infielders. And, and here I am looking at, at one of these mock drafts and I see Brooks Lee to the Pirates at four. Why does that make any sense? You know, it, it's tough because I, I think that the belief would be there if they can try to get him to underslot, that would obviously open up a lot of opportunity. We saw how how the Pirates crushed the last draft by underslotting Henry Davis. But under the presumption that Brooks Lee goes slot, I, I do still believe that you just take the best player. Baseball is so freaking hard to, to figure out who's going to be good and who's not and how it's going to work. I mean, if you love Collier, take Collier. But if Brooks Lee is the guy that the pirates think has the best chance of being a good big leaguer, take that guy. I mean, we see teams whiff. I mean, the Marlins, I mean, I was salivating at the idea of Khalil Watson, a presumed top five pick falling because of signability issues. Marlins make the money work and they take him at 16, which was viewed as the steal of all steals. And he's been the worst guy drafted out of the first round in that wow. draft so far this year. It's early, but j- just that point being like that guy fell into their freaking lap. And he has been terrible. I, I think if you really feel confident about a guy, you ignore the position, especially when it's a shortstop who you can move to third, second, wherever. And isn't Look that at, the concern arm? That's the one concern with Brooks Lee because yeah. we all know he's going to, he could lead the league in doubles one day and could be a bat similar to Alex Bregman, the Alex Bregman of old, not the Alex Bregman of new, because the Alex Bregman of new hasn't been that great. But that's the concern with Brooks Lee. That's why I yeah. feel like he's not consensus 1 1 is because people don't know if he's going to stick it short. And when I saw exactly. him at Cal Poly, like I can understand that his feet are not the he's best. He's not like a freak. He's got a great, I think he's got a great arm. So, yeah. I can Heard. see that, but I still think he's going to stick it short. I there's I don't, you know, I'm just going too far now. Go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think positionally, it's just like, I don't like going that way unless you are, if it's like just arm or just bat, I could understand it, right? Like the Cubs, when Jordan Wicks was there for them, no yeah. doubt you take Jordan Wicks. They needed pitching so bad. But I, I really look at it just kind of that way, pitching versus hitting. I don't know if I look at it position to position, if that makes sense. That makes sense. All right. All right. Aram, have you been following just one more thing on the MLB draft stuff? Because this guy's rising up the ranks right now. Jackson Holiday is the yeah, shortstop. Matt Holiday's son keeps just shooting up draft boards. And I've seen now consensus, like, yes, he's going 1-1. And I just want to know more about him because, truthfully, I don't know that much about him. And I'm just surprised that with 
all of these incredible prospects that we have, like Tamar Johnson seems like the man. Elijah Green, big boomer bus prospect, talking Pete Flaherty, he sides on boom. If Pete Flaherty sides on boom, for what I've Uh, seen, I'm I'm in on on boom. boom. And you're on the boom too? I'm on the boom. Yeah. (laughs) There's so many, and Brooks Lee, we haven't even mentioned him, but why is Jackson Holiday seem to be that guy? I feel like it's the, the the bloodlines thing, right? Like a guy starts really ticking up. He starts growing into his body. He starts getting that man strength a little bit. And they're like, oh, and he's Matt Holiday's son. Here comes the explosion. I, I think there's a little Jones, bit of the, of the narrative. I agree. He's also a son. and but, I agree. But Jackson- I, I'm not taking Jackson Holiday top three. I, I really like him. But I, I ironically, you asked. It's funny you asked me this. I did a dive on on my flight back to New York specifically on Jackson Holiday because I was so I floored at how much free. he has just <laughs> risen up, up the entire rankings, just continues to fly up. I like him, but I don't see the same projection that you see out of a Drew Jones or an Elijah Green or a Cam Collier. I mean, those guys are different level athletes and, and different level of just explosion. Uh, but I think Holiday could be great, but you know, not not for that price. And apparently, he's he wants like six seven million, so he's going to have to be a top three pick. So I, I, I'm not I'm not in on that as much as I'm in on on Drew Jones, Elijah Green, and, and uh, Termar, and, and even those guys. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite to go number one in the draft? That's a great question. Ah, I, 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 favorite to go number one and my favorite are probably two different. No, guys. no. Yeah. Not who you think will go one, like who you would draft number one in the draft. I don't think you can go wrong. I, I know. I would personally underslot. I would underslot. I would take Brooks Lee. I would, take I would underslot and take either Brooks Lee. If I could underslot tomorrow, I would try. If I could underslot Kevin Parada and do what that basically, I think it would be the same thing as Henry Davis. I would do it. I love all of these high school guys, but I think they're all kind of similar. If I can underslot and it's essentially trading up in the second round or in the compensation round and being able to bring in another first rounder, I would do that because I think the difference between all of these guys is so marginal. I'd be cool with Kevin Parada. Look at his numbers at Georgia Tech, which is a catcher factory. Catcher factory. I I would be happy underslotting Parada at number one and using that money to to basically go out and get whoever I want. You might be able to get Chase DeLauder in an overslot in the compensation round, if, if you offer him enough money, that was a guy that was supposed to go top five and, and, and broke his foot, I believe, sliding into a base. So, I mean, like, if you can do that, no brainer for me. Jack, do you have a lean on who you take number one? Uh, Judd Fabian. He walked a lot first two weeks. Of the season. <laughs> um, no, I don't personally. Like, um, I like for Dylan Cruz. I like reacting because I don't get to watch these guys that often, but yes, I'm waiting for Dylan Cruz. Um, I also like that, that kid from Stanford Montgomery. Um, I can't wait for 20. Oh my gosh. Is he insane? Is. He's insane. He's, so he's the four hitter on like on the Stanford Cardinal who are the number two team in the country. Yeah. I mean, he just and pitches and he pitches. and switch hits. Yeah. Oh Can I like, he is the ultimate. He is. If you marry Eddie Adrianza with like a bullpen off. <laughs> Just shut no, up. Just, don't even finish hitting don't utility, finish man. He is <laughs> just a don't combination of Adrianza, Connor Joe, and I whoever my just favorite. Shut up for a second. <laughs> and John and Dustin, Birdie. Dustin was talking about, so he was over the moon. So he's talked to a bunch of these college guys, and they say that there is no doubt this guy is the best player in college baseball, like will be the best. And that's Dylan Cruz. They call him the Cruz. Oh Man. my gosh. Like yeah. just unbelievable bat. Like LSU generational kid. Bryce Harper type bat. I, and that's guy not this year, but next. And well, he could have been a first round guy out of high school. And Cruz, that was part of the reason why I loved LSU. And I was like, I, that offense was so good. And Trey Morgan is another guy that, you know, could be an earlier pick. I, I really thought that this team was, was going to just ride the offense. 
But Dylan Cruz, I, I asked uh, Jeff Ponce of Baseball America this on the call-up podcast. Where would Dylan Cruz kind of swat in um, in the top 100 right now? In oh, the top oh, 100 oh, like, oh, of, of like oh. affiliated baseball top 100. Like, let's pretend he was on a team right yeah. now as is. He said top 30. I would say top 50. He said top 30 prospects in Major League Baseball right now. That's so, crazy. That's like uh, he's taking him over shit like Luis Matos. That's like Strasburg shit as a pitcher. Yes. Yeah. He's wow. that freaky. What Cruz is right now is what NBA circles will quickly get into this. The NBA draft is uh, it, it's last night. We're recording before it. So depending on how it goes, if the Bulls trade Kobe White, Patrick Williams, and Nikola Vucevic in multiple picks for Rudy Gobert, I might be a Pacers fan, especially if they go with Dyson Daniels. We'll see. I might adopt the Indiana Pacers. But what, what we're talking about with Dylan Cruz right now next year is like what we're going to start talking about with this, with this 7-2 French guy, Victor Wamboyama next year he's Victor. like seven to he shoots like kate he's like if thon maker was actually good oh like, like what thon maker was supposed to be thon maker was gonna be he's awesome apparently you watch that paul is life mixtape and i'm like this guy's just yeah. the greatest player so, i've ever seen <laughs> i'm telling you check out this kid victor wemboyama seven two french kid don't even know how to spell it apparently w-e-m-b-a-n-y-a-m-a he I is apparently forgot. the best draft prospect like ever in the NBA better than LeBron. Like, I mean, he is more highly touted than anybody right now. And he's overseas. It's absolutely is incredible. He? Is he, he's, was he, um, I mean, like Luca, has he dominated in that circuit too overseas similar to Luca more than Luca? Just curious. Uh, he is dominating in, in similar ways. I mean, you got to like, just watch a video and, and yeah, I, gotta watch I haven't done my, my deep enough dive here, but yeah, Dylan Cruz is like that. Braden Montgomery is my guy. Um, another thing, Real quick, and then we'll do loop, and then we'll do college baseball. I promise. Kumar Rocker in four starts with Tri-City in the Frontier Good. League. Glad you mentioned it. 15 innings, nine yep. hits, 25 punch-outs, three walks. Kumar's velo is high 90s. He looks good. Let's Talk about savings here. Yeah. Savings here. Imagine I, I, I get Parada first overall, and now I can go over-slot Kumar Rocker with my, with my comp A round pick. That sounds great. But is that where he's going to go? You think that's where he goes? I've never, I've never, I mean, I've never seen more of a mixed bag on a guy in my entire I know. life. It's but like, I think if he does this three more 10? times, how do you not take him top 20? How do you not take him top 20? Um, I agree. Totally. That Kumar's, it's great to see Kumar doing what he's doing because it, 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 I don't know everything that happened in that situation. None it of us do. Like he got fucked. He got fucked to a degree. Oh, and, and, you know, sure, he could have shared his medicals that would have saved him some money and helped him. But I, I'm sure he has great direction from his agent, uh, who's, who's pretty well known. Um, yeah, and, didn't Vandy get every single drop out of him too on the mound? Oh yeah, they did. They they got every drop. He didn't, he didn't do one of those. Like I'm done. I'm not pitching like Brandon no, Barriera. Who's, who's a South Florida guy, lefty pitcher, first round guy, or, or early second round overslot guy shut down for, for heritage in the middle of their, of their season and said, I'm done throwing this year. He um, through 122 innings at Vandy last year. Yeah. Barriera and, and people are saying, is this the beginning of players kind of making decisions for themselves is, you know, just shutting down in their high school season. And I'm never going to be one to, to tell somebody what they should do, you know, with their life and their career. He's obviously got millions of dollars on the table, but I could understand. I mean, I could imagine when we were in high school, we had a couple guys that were getting looked at second round, first round. If they just sat out, I'd be pretty upset about it. I'd be pretty upset about it, but I think it's a lot different now at the high school level than it was even when we played. Yeah, it changed when guys started opting out of bowl games, 
right? When, you know, Fournette and McCaffrey. It's kind of the same thing, I guess. It's the same exact and now, thing. And now these guys get NII, NII, NIL deals. NIL, yeah. NIL deals yeah. with NIL. Lamborghini and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting as these as these college athletes get paid and they make their own decisions based on their draft stock. I mean, it's, it's going to get weird, but it's going to be fun. No more dicking around. Loop than college baseball. Aram, tell us a little bit about what Loop has had going on. Yeah. So uh, of course, like I mentioned on the last episode, a lot of new product. Uh, and if, again, if you download the link in our description uh, of the podcast, you get $20 to go buy some new product. Uh, Tops has their series two out, which is a bunch of inject just walks away as I talk about loop. Very, yeah, rude. I mean, what a very dick, rude. Look at him. Oh, um, he's getting his cards. Oh, he's getting his cards. That's yeah. okay. Only excuse. Uh, but they have basically in this, in this top series two, there's a bunch of very unique, um, they call them like SPs, which is different photos than the traditional rookie card. So it's like a rarer rookie card of, of Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt Jr., all these guys that have really unique. And I know some people have pulled these special rookie different photos that are worth quite a bit. They're going for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So I love Top Series 2. All of the sellers on Loop have that right now. I pulled an Oscar Colos, Jack. Uh, autograph out of 250 and it's a redemption. So I have to send it in, which kind of sucks, but uh, regardless, very pumped about that. Should I sell Oscar Colas, Jack? I pulled this on loop from our friends at wild cards who will be live today as you're listening to this. So go check out our friends uh, at wild cards trading Oscar Colas. So far this year, Chicago white Sox prospect, big prize, international free agent, 292, 351, 484 slash line, seven homers in high a, should I sell Oscar Colas, Jack? There's nobody blocking him. Um, I would say wait till he gets to the bigs because he's going to get there relatively quickly, especially with mm. uh, a Brayu on the downswing. Like Colas, you know, I I you don't really think Brayu's on the downswing. I do. I think Brayu's slowing down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think a Brayu's on the downswing here, and I don't think Vaughn is ever going to be a first baseman again because that's the White Sox doing there. They love him just getting hurt in the outfield. Oh God, Boy, they the love him making a center fielder, left fielder. Larusa, yeah. When when Jerry finally cuts the cords with Tony Larusa, he says, "You know what? We don't want you in the dugout anymore. Go take the field, champ. You got it." So I pulled this Oscar Colas. Uh, it was 2022 Bowman or, or Bowman uh, baseball, excuse me, 2022 Bowman baseball, which has been out for a couple months now, but we just continue to rip it. We love it. Lenin Sosa just promoted another White Sox guy who has an autograph in that set as well. So check out our friends at Wild Cards Trading or any other store uh, on the Loop app. They're streaming 24-7 on there uh, to pull cards, and the link in our description will get you $20 credit towards your first purchase. Yeah, I finally – so I would say hold until he makes his major league debut and then sell. Holding. Um, Mark Schmidt. Mark Schmidt. Hold. This is a hold. Consider this the S&P. When it gets better, consider this better than gold. You buy Bitcoin, you're a sucker. Buy Clark Schmidt PSA 10s. He's currently got a three ERA and a whip <laughs> under 1.2. It's incredible what he does on the mound. If you buy anything that could be considered currency over this, you're doing yourself a disservice. So I finally visited my apartment mailbox. It's that was really also sarcasm, by the way. It's really hard to go to your apartment mailbox. I'm sure you guys know. Like, it's it's tough. I mean, you forget to do it every single day. So I finally did it. I had several packages waiting for me, all from Loop, because uh, when Aram and I hit the South, he said, come on, dude, just pull the trigger. Let's go. So I've got, I've got some cards that I want to show you guys. And just quick fire, uh, hold or sell. 
two Bowman paper first, John Kensey Noel. Hold. Keep. Bowman Chrome first, John Kensey Noel. Hold. No. <laughs> Chrome first, Valera. He has been one of the hottest hitters in the minor leagues right I now. I want to see him in Triple A very soon. We Old. we go to Columbus very soon. I want to see him in Columbus. Even that regular, I would get that graded. Honestly, I would even consider get this Chrome Valera first graded. I'm not even kidding. Okay. Um. How about Boz, uh, rookie with Bowman? That's kind of fun. Old. Um. He, dude, he looks so good against the Yankees. I mean, I know he had like kind of a rough start in terms of like the stat line, couple walks. You know. He's got an earned run in four innings, but man, I mean, just look great again. And against the Yankees lineup that, I mean, we know how good they are. Like he looked great. So Arm, explain to me the difference here between a paper Valera first and a Chrome Valera first. It, just more people want the Chrome. That's it. Okay. You know, it's, it's just a little bit more valuable. Uh, okay. Uh, Wander rookie. That's fun. I'm going to hold on fun. to that. As you um, how about this Arelvis Martinez thing we got going on here? Those are inserts. Not that great. Sorry. Oh, so I shouldn't waste a case on this. Okay. Yeah, probably not. Good to note. Uh, I'm going to hold the shit out of this. Lenin Sosa. That was, that major was high league debut. Chrome first. I literally told you, use your $20 credit so you can pull a Lenin Sosa and you pulled a Lenin Sosa that you're holding. Welcome to the big leagues, Lenin. Yeah, and then I've got O'Neill Cruz meets Barry Bonds at his peak meets Mike Trout meets. Uh, that's Jose also that, that's a graded one too. So our, Ellie De La Cruz, we got it was funny on the O'Neill Cruz video, the TikToks that we were putting out. A lot of people said, "Now talk about Ellie De La Cruz." Like, does Ellie <laughs> De La Cruz have similar qualities to O'Neill Cruz at this point? Yeah. Yes, except he's a switch hitter. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're getting and he's faster. We're, we're evolving as a species uh, and, and <laughs> oh we're seeing God, yeah. we're evolving as a species and we're seeing it through baseball uh, every day. And, and Jack just mentioned Victor Zamboya is, is uh, the greatest thing since sliced bread. Seven foot two guy who shoots like Katie. Wambayama. Um, <laughs> talk about the duality of man. It's just me and O'Neill Cruz. We're talking by the cage in Indianapolis. I mean, me and O'Neill right there. Two Similar men profiles. couldn't look any more different. I don't know. Are you well, sure you look different? Have you tried throwing glass? If you threw glasses on O'Neill, I think you guys would look similar. Or maybe take my glasses off. Do I look See, like now you look like Yeah, yeah I, look just like I Vaseline my face before I went to bed last night, so I'm moisturized. I probably look what, a little you, bit. Were you boxing? No, no. I, uh, that is, um, it, the Vaseline soaks in and it allows your, your skin to heal a little bit overnight. Can I toot my own horn for a second? Skincare routine? No, Twins first five just hit that oh seven bets in a fucking <laughs> I was row. praying for a skincare routine. I was praying for a skincare routine. Seven in a row, baby. I thought he was going to tell us that he takes his juices and just pours them on his face. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, that kale. Do that again, Arm? And clip that one. Do that again, Peter? Yeah, do that real quick again. Right. One more time. Um, all right. College this baseball. episode is being deleted. <laughs> no, it's not. College baseball. We've got one more game tonight. We'll know the uh, College World Series final matchup. It will be the Oklahoma Sooners. Oh, my God. Shout out Pete Flaherty. Nostradamus taking on the winner of Ole Miss and Arkansas. Texas is out. Auburn's out. Stanford's out. Notre Dame, the sleeper that took down Tennessee, they're out. I mean, these three teams, I don't think many people were expecting them to be here, but it's been a really fun week in Omaha incredible week and Arkansas looks phenomenal I mean they look like the number two team in the country that they were at the beginning of the year they are rolling and it's crazy with 
Oklahoma too. Like not only did they just win, it was never close, never close. They Pete Flaherty, I was even texting with him. They're playing like their hair is on fire. Them meeting Arkansas, who looks like the Arkansas that we all thought they would be, is going to be an incredible final. You have the two hottest teams just meeting in a bloodbath at Charles Schwab Stadium when it should be TD Ameritrade. Well, yeah, why well, did change get by Ole Miss one more time? It's not TD uh, Ameritrade anymore. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's I'm Charles saying Arkansas Schwab has to beat Ole Miss. Yeah, they got. But I'm beat saying Ole Miss. if they do, which I think they will, because the game starts in about an hour and a half as we're recording. I really do think that they're going to beat Ole Miss and go play Oklahoma. With that said, now how wrong we've been with our predictions, Oklahoma, Ole Miss. Congrats on making the College World Series. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how weird was that first game though? That Wednesday night game because Stovall was zero for five with a couple of punch outs. Lanzilli was two for four, but Jalen Battles was zero for three, and then you had Elko zero for three. You had Dunhurst zero for three. So a lot of these guys that are you know big time contributors, they were quiet in game one. We'll see what happens in an elimination game. Yeah. It's just so wild to me because it, you just really have no idea what's going to happen in college in sports in general. It's always that way. I mean, if we could predict it, it would be, it would be, you know, it wouldn't even be fun, but college baseball, just the level of unpredictability makes it, makes it so absurd. And every time you think, Oh, Oklahoma is going to run into a wall here, you know, that the magic's going to run out. It doesn't. And I'll be honest with you though. Like obviously we did not see, didn't have a huge reference point when when Jack and I went to the college world or not the college world series, the SEC tournament and saw Arkansas play. Uh, they looked like a good team. And, and I know we, we were very aware of, of Arkansas being a good team, but I would not after watching that game, after watching a game that I think they won. I would not have said, oh, that's that's a, a college world series team and, and maybe a college world series champion. But now you can kind of see how balanced they are and, and they don't have a ton of holes and. I'm all in on Chris Lanzilli. I, I got to see him in the Cape. Yeah. He was great at Wake Forest. Now, you know, grad transfer, I believe, and, and has been just phenomenal and is heating up and can do a little bit of everything. Lineup's really balanced. They're, they're tough to get out. There's not really a, a break that you get in that lineup. And I, I've just been shocked at the pitching. So it, it really is really fun to watch. And, and with Ole Miss, it, talk about future first rounders. Jacob Gonzalez just has not been great for them. Yeah. No. Luis Gonzalez's son. But – I was watching him at Ole Miss. He looks like such a big leaguer. Oh, no. Hold I mean, 6'4", lanky, but, like, thick, too. He's got the bleach blonde hair. He looks like he should be in the bigs right now, but he's definitely not performing like it. Had shit at bats when I saw him. But then again, I mean, I just saw him for one series. But, yeah, didn't look great. But, again, he's probably still going to be a good pro prospect. There's one other guy I want to touch on on Auburn, Trace Brights. Or it might be Trace Bright. It's either Brights or Bright. Um, he used to be a catcher and then he just started pitching at Auburn dude he was in the mid 90s and he shoved against the opposing lineup I mean he looked phenomenal he looked really good for Auburn at least that was just some guy I noticed I was like "Ooh, a new pitcher and now he's throwing 95 good arm motion great slider someone to watch Interesting. I love college baseball you just never know yeah. you just never Find know where these, these guys. guys are going to come out of so what what's the final prediction Peter says Arkansas gets by Ole Miss I, I think Arkansas gets by as well. What, what's your thought, Jack, so we can just hang ourselves out to dry? Yeah, I just want the Moore family to get to get one more ring. Dayton Moore got one with the Royals in 2015. I think Robert needs one with the Razorbacks uh, here in 2022. But uh, I'm going to go with Pete Flaherty. Uh, give me the Oklahoma Sooners against whoever the hell uh, comes out here. But if I have to predict the past with this coming out on Friday morning, uh, I'll say Ole Miss to be different. Nice. 
So Fade there dramatic. we go. Anything else we got to talk about? And I feel like I, wait, we picked college baseball and then we did it. I'm kind of thrown. We should talk about some weekend baseball because we have some good series. Okay. Really I was hoping, I was hoping that we could talk about Donovan Mitchell uh, being traded to the Heat because by the time this podcast is out, Donovan yeah. Mitchell will be a Heatle. But so, Rudy, Rudy, wait, is that a joke? Is that a joke? Rudy Gobert is going to be a bull and Donovan Mitchell is going to be a Heatle. Okay. Okay. So these were jokes. I thought that actually just happened. These are predictions. Okay. They're not okay. jokes. All right, enough basketball. Serious. Enough basketball because the Knicks have the 11th pick and they're going to draft another version of Victor Kevin. Do they, do they, the, Knicks, the Knicks never have a good pick. I don't understand how I don't, it works. They, they suck never, and they never have a good pick. What pick do they have? They have the 11th pick and they didn't trade for um, Sacramento's pick at four. Cleveland traded for it. And of, I, mean, I wanted Jaden Ivey so bad. I think he's going to be legit D-Wade. I think he's awesome. I, want he is, um, I, I, would, I would take him over Paolo Bancaro. Whoa! I, I I'm I, he's my favorite guy in the draft. I want Ivy to fall to six. Um, but it yeah, looks like yeah, six. it looks I like I want to fly. <laughs> no it looks like the Pacers are going to get uh, either Benedict Matherin or Dyson Daniels at six, which I'm excited for. But again, Victor Wamboyama. But let's talk about the weekend slate here, um, dude. Astros Yankees. That's big. Time. Phenomenal series. Dodgers Braves. Phenomenal series. Red Sox Guardians. Low key. Great series. That is a great series. And at least um, Padres is fun too. Yeah, Athletics is. Royals, <laughs> Jeez, Marlins again? Mets again. A's Royals. Why are we doing this to ourselves? They're the Sunday night matchup. It's Paul Blackburn versus Daniel Lynch. No, it's not. No, it's kidding. It's actually Tony Gonsolin versus Spencer Strider. Wouldn't that oh, be crazy? That's awesome. That's an awesome. One likes too. cats and one has huge ass legs. And so we talk about, you know, the best starting pitchers in baseball. We talk about Sandy. We talk about Musgrove. We talk about all these guys. The best one right now by the numbers is Tony Gonsolin. Tony Gonsolin is undefeated and has a 158 ERA. I mean, Slider he plays. is just the splitter, everything. He he doesn't lose. It's he just health for lose. him. It's health for him. He, he's had some arm issues through the years, but I mean, yeah. he's shown flashes of being disgusting through the years. And I mean, he has been phenomenal and it's filled in huge for them. I mean, they've needed somebody to step up and he's been awesome. He's been fun to watch. Definitely uh, appointment television right now is Tony Gonsolin, which is wild to say, but he's really so far filled the void of, of Walker Bueller. The, the other one is Musgrove, obviously, 8 no one five nine ERA. Um, so you're looking at two of the best pitchers in baseball right now. And Musgrove is, is on the hill last night, so tonight. Um, but how about Gore and Nola tonight? Mm. I'm looking forward to that. Big bounce back start for Gore, right? I mean, yeah, he got, he got roughed up. By the Rockies twice. Uh, Al Leiter actually had a really good breakdown of it all. And, and uh, he really just thought it was all fastball location. He's like, this happens. It's fine. Don't worry about it. He had to go to Colorado too, face the same lineup twice. Fastball location will be fine. I'm looking for a bounce back start here. I, I'm excited to see how he looks. And then Noah, he's either incredible or not. So it's always fun to see which one of those it's going to be. Blue Jays Brewers is yeah, interesting. About to talk and about, which yeah. is funny about that, because if you go on like ESPN, and you know they say tickets as low as blank. That's the cheapest series that you can find right now, um, and that's including Lone Depot Park, uh, which is where the Marlins play. That the cheapest tickets right now, if you wanted to pick any game in the country, is Blue Jays Brewers at four dollars is where tickets are starting. That's shocking to me. It's a great uh, series and a good team. That ballpark, the seating goes way high. So I mean, you've got some terrible seats in there. Uh, but again, Lone Depot, they don't sell tickets. So yeah, um, correct. They, the upper deck is closed most games I go to. I'm excited <laughs> for the Brewers offense to meet Jose Barrios because if he can't get them out, like we yeah. have a problem here, Toronto. Yeah. We have a problem That's on here. Sunday. That's on yeah. Sunday afternoon. There we go. Great game. Um, tonight, some pitching matchups that are going to be fun. 
Verlander and Seve, obviously. Mm. Oh my God, dude. That's great. <laughs> Pavetta and Cal Quantrill in Cleveland will be very interesting for my Are you are you telling are you telling Cal Quantrill there? I don't know. He's taking the <laughs> under. He's taking the under. He's that's taking, tough one. I might I under. might take the under. No, that's a good play. I might take the under. I uh, that, that's Nick Pavetta has been phenomenal. I just keep saying it, dude. The dude is disgusting. Nasty in, breaking uh, ball. In Dodgers Braves, it's Julio and Ian Anderson, which is going to be fun. Blown up there. Manoa and Adrian Hauser. I mean, Hauser is like not that enticing, but Hauser can do some interesting things. But watching Manoa take on a Brewers offense, like this might be a big strikeout day for Alec Manoa. Prize picks. Think about it. Manoa, strikeouts. Okay, well, think about it. I like that. That's in our episode description, too, if you guys want to join us. We had a great prize pick space today. I'm getting a lot more people from the community just giving out prize picks. So you guys are interested. The they, match, they match the deposit. The ultimate. Salute. <laughs> Peter's favorite emoji is the salute emoji. He can't I love stop it. using and the, it. Uh, and the clover. Well, this the, the salute four leaf clover and laugh. the salute emoji. It makes me laugh every time. Just the it's half funny. emoji. It's just like. <laughs> just... Dodgers Braves on Fox, though. I am excited. I love I love me some national TV, good games. Jack, who's on the call for that? Dodgers Braves on Fox. Yeah. It's either going to be uh, Joe Davis or Adam Mean. I don't know who the second guy is, but first guy's great. Can I can I end with this short rant? Yes. yes. I'm done with Joey Gallo. He's done. I'm <laughs> I've done. heard this one before. Already. Trade him. No, because I've he was seen up for like eight week. seconds. Bad. He will not change his approach and it was so evident in this Rays series that's been happening which the Yankees even got down and then came back I mean that was a great series too but the shifting on Joey Gallo they bring even in the infield in with runners on second and third is this individual one I was even hearing Michael K talk about it and he was completely correct too this guy refuses they brought in the infield in with runners on second and third with less than two outs a base hit scores two. What are you doing? Because they know that Joey Gallo is probably going to strike out. And at the off chance that he just hits the ball in the air because he's incapable of adjusting against anything. It's the same approach every single time. And there was guys in the booth, even Cameron Mabin said this too, it, it, Paul O'Neill. It's not that these guys can't hit against the shift. It's that they don't want to. That was a great point. He's strictly, he's not working with the Yankees. He's not adjusting. He doesn't help us win in any facet of the game. He's not even playing great defense. He's better in right field, but I don't want him playing right field when we have Aaron Judge. So he just shouldn't be on the Yankees anymore, and it's time to trade him. So you think it's going to be like the Adam Frazier, like, we fucked up. Let's just take 30 – or like, I think it was Literally, like 50 cents on the dollar. Because they can do it. Whatever. But you're not getting – you're not even – I don't know. Do you get 50 cents on the dollar even? I don't know. Point? It doesn't the matter. The Yankees gave up a lot. It a doesn't lot. matter. Where does he go? Texas, San Diego, San Diego, or the White Sox. He'd probably be fine somewhere else. It's just I, not working with the Yankees. I think it's a little bit of the new. He does not seem like the kind of guy that can handle New York media or, or really just handle the New York environment that hey, much. Send him to Colorado, be with Vegas boy Chris Bryant. They grew up together. Ooh. Yeah, probably seventy home runs there. Can but the we thing is, start Gallo has, to Colorado. Like, how many home runs do you guys think Gallo has? Oh, like off, 10, off the top of your head, ten, eight. He's nine. Yeah, it's not that good. Looks Nine different. home runs. They don't play him against lefties. They pinch for him. They pinch hit for him against lefties. So he's just a platoon guy who can't hit anything high up in the zone and below because he's got this like freaking. He's got the biggest uppercut I've ever seen on the swing. So nothing up here. He's never going to touch it. 
He has one pitch that he can hit. It's a low fastball, and he still can't even hit if it's above 97. He, I'm you done. think he's having fun? No, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> like that's all I, mean, that I don't I care. care about. I just need them Dude. to have fun. What's what's the fun differential for Joey Gallo? Negative. So many. Is it the Mariners' fun differential right now? Which is yeah, minus sixty. Marlins' run differential is pretty fire. It's funny the Mariners haven't been playing well, but the run differential is like minus thirteen. It still looks not that bad. The run differential is always good with the Mariners because they have this great bullpen. Hey, Seattle's run differential is minus four. Oh, whoa! That was from the uh, day before then. Eight games under five hundred. There are all right, real quick. There are three teams with a run differential under uh, at a hundred or more under. Who are they? Wait, what? Rephrase the question. Did you yeah, rephrase yeah, that? That was, so that was the whole worst phrase <laughs> question I've ever heard in my life. I'm just going to end the Zoom now. Uh, there are three teams in Major League Baseball with a run differential of minus 100 or worse. That was a lot better. Who are the three teams? Royals? No. What? With the pitching? No? No. Reds? No. Wow. Uh, Oakland? Yes. Not Tigers? Yes. One more. How is it not the Royals? They're minus 91. Okay. Um, The Nationals? Yes. Uh, There we go. Oakland, Detroit, Washington. Those are the three shittiest teams in baseball. And with that, thank you, everybody. special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients hero bread supports gut health promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls head to hero.co to shop today